Welcome to another 10-minute takeaway with me, Dr. Nikki Ramskill, the female money doctor. I aim to pass on 10 minutes of wisdom to you about money to help you feel happy, confident, and in control. So that's enough of that. Let's get on with the episode. Hi everybody and this is another 10 minute takeaway and in this session I want to talk about the NHS pension from a beginner's perspective. Um, Recently I brought in medical IFA Saab Chahal and medical accountant Tina Milligan into my Facebook group to talk about the NHS pension Um, because it's such a big topic, It's, it's huge, it's really complicated All of us kind of go through our medical careers not really understanding what's going on with it, but just kind of hoping that it's correct. Um, And what I felt that they did for us was to break it down in a way that hopefully helped us understand what was going on. We're never going to be experts in it. Let's face it, you know, even um, IFAs and um, accountants out there are not all experts in everything. So you know why stress them out it so hopefully i pick for in this section in this 10 minute takeaway you'll have the eight key points that at least will help you to start looking at your nhs pension and trying to work out if there are anything um if, if there's anything wrong with it or you know you can then start to to build a picture of what's going on now if you want to watch the full session it was an over an hour and a half long it was pretty epic um, there is a link in the show notes for you that will take you to that whole video or you can come into my Facebook group, The Female Money Doctor, um, Women Working Towards Money Freedom and you will find um, the videos in there but I've split it up into two halves so you can watch them in two different sections. Um, but anyway, here are my eight key points that I thought were particularly interesting and it helps you to take action right away. So key point number one, which scheme are you in? So there are different scheme years. You've got 1995, 2008, 2015, and they're all calculated in slightly different ways. They've all got their own formula that you apply to it. Now, Saab did go over this in the session, um, but to, to be honest, you don't really need to know what these individual details and calculations are all about. That's why you employ someone like Saab or Tina to help you with this. I mean, you know, we don't expect people to take out their own appendix, do we? (laughs) So why would we do the same thing with the NHS pension? We allow the professionals to apply the formulas to work it out for us. So don't worry about the detail. You do not need to noodle your head over the calculation. If you want to, there is a link in the show notes for you that will take you to the calculations. um, Or you can listen to the session and Saab will explain it to you as well. But honestly, I wouldn't worry about it. You know, what we what actually counts is the information that we provide to the pension scheme in the first place. So I'm going to talk about that in a second. The next section is, should I stay in the pension or not? Now, Saab went into this because this is a question that I hear a lot. People saying, oh, you shouldn't be in the pension. It's not worth it anymore. You should be in the pension. It is worth it. It's really confusing, right? There's loads of, you know, different people saying different things. And while it's good for the person giving the advice it might not necessarily be applicable to you so be very careful with generic information out there um Saab does say that he thinks the majority of people are better off staying in the pension 
and it doesn't matter whether you're a dentist, doctor, nurse or whoever, staying in is better than opting out. So if you want to confirm it for yourself and you'd, you'd rather speak to a professional about it, then, then get yourself a medical IFA that understands the NHS pension to ask them, you know, whether it's worth you staying in or opting out or not. The next point is what is scheme pays? Now, Saab said that the majority of people are better off staying in the NHS pension. And he said it also applies to people that are facing those large tax bills um, in, you know, in the, in the later years. So in the consultant years or, you know, later GP years. Um, and this is because of the lifetime allowance. So there's there's been a cap um, introduced that's a lifetime allowance for how much someone can have in their pension. And people that are in the pension scheme that have been paying in for years are going over this lifetime allowance, which means they're getting these massive tax bills. Now, what you can do is you can ask the NHS pension scheme to pay the tax bill for you. That comes out of your pension and it reduces it by a small amount. But in the grand scheme of things, that actually doesn't make a huge difference to your, your overall pension. So Saab still thinks it's important to stay in, even if you are facing these tax bills. But again, speak to a medical accountant, speak to a medical IFA. Um, and Tina and Saab work well together. So it's it's definitely well worth getting in touch with them to find out if you are going to be subject to that. But certainly at the early stages of your pension, don't even worry about it. Just Just focus on, you know, your job and making sure that you're paying into the pension. The next point is, are you a practitioner or an officer? Now, they kept saying this all the way through the session and I had to keep clarifying it because in my head I hadn't quite realised that they were different things. So a practitioner is somebody who is a GP. Salary GP, a partner GP or a locum GP, it doesn't matter. You are classed as a practitioner. An officer is a hospital-based staff. So that means, you know, you're, you're a consultant in a hospital or you're a registrar in a hospital or you're a nurse in the community, but you're also classed as an officer. So it doesn't, you know, if you, you see this kind of terminology being um, talked about, it just means what kind of person are you, what kind of member are you in the pension scheme? So are you a practitioner or are you an officer? Now, this is where it starts to get a bit more complicated. Which form do I need to use to submit my pensions data? Now, if you're working in a hospital, your employer will sort that out for you. That's that, you know, if you look at your um, statement from your work, you'll see that money has been taken out for your pension because that's calculated for you. If you're a GP, it doesn't quite work like that and you have to submit your own forms. So partner GPs need to submit annual form type one. And you can get this from the PCSE website and there's a link for it in the show notes for you. Salaried GPs need a type 2 form and to be submitted annually. And locum GPs submit monthly A and B forms to PCSE. But that's only if you're purely locum. You, it's slightly different if you've got a mixture of the two things. So you, if, you, if you're a salaried GP and you also locum, you will need to submit your annual type 2 forms. Um, and on there, you would mention all the, the work that you did that was pensionable, but you wouldn't necessarily mention the, the work that wasn't pensionable because that doesn't count. So it's a bit more complicated if you're a mix of the two, but essentially that's the, they're the three different types of forms that you need to fill in. And... Next point, how do I find out what my pension is currently worth? Okay, this is a really good one. There are two forms that you need. The first one is the total rewards statement. So you, if you've got an electronic staff record, an ESR at your workplace, you can access your total rewards statement through that. If you haven't, you can go on the total rewards statement website and find out. 
The second is the membership statement. And again, I've got links for this in the show notes for you. Um, For our purposes, you should be able to just apply for the free options of of getting some pension um, estimates. But there are paid for options like um, an estimate of benefits at redundancy and stuff like that. So you shouldn't need to pay for those. But the the actual costs of those are on there. But you should be able to just apply for a free estimate. Um, Is it possible to take my pension at 55? That was another question that came up. Um, Technically, anybody can take their pension from the age of 55. But it reduces the amount of pension that you will then receive for the rest of your life. So Saab recommended that you invest in other ways to top up your pension that you can use before your NHS pension retirement age. So you don't erode any of your benefits. Um, My pension age is 68, um, but it may well change. So I don't really want to wait till I'm 68. So I'm putting strategies in place now to be able to cover me for those earlier years before I then take my NHS pension. Um, And if you want to learn more about how to um, invest in the stock market, perhaps as one of your strategies, then I'm very happy to have a chat with you about that in a 15 minute strategy session. So book book yourself in with that. And there are links in the show notes for you to do that. Um, And then the final point is a medical accountant can help you to identify gaps and mistakes. So Tina went through a reward statement and identified missing years of contributions in this statement. Um, And she said, this is what we all need to be doing in order to check that our pensions are up to date. If you're working in a hospital and you notice that there are these gaps, then you contact the hospital you were working at to find out what the evidence is that you you were paying into the pension at that point. um, Because you need to then resubmit this to the pension scheme so that you can prove that you, you know, you've got these years to cover. If you're a GP, then you will need to look at any of the type one and type two forms or forms A and B that you've previously submitted. Um, now, there is an amnesty, apparently, for things like type one and type two forms, because many for many years, lots of doctors didn't know about it. They weren't submitting them. So actually, what they're trying to do is they're trying to play catch up and they're trying to get people to actually submit these forms so that we can make sure our pensions are up to date. Um, so do all of those things. So get your reward statement, all those things. If you're still not sure, you can contact the um, NHS Uh, business services um, and they can help you or you can contact the PCSE and they can help you and if you still can't find the answer then a medical accountant can absolutely help guide you in the right direction Um, and that's it there are my eight points that I took from the hour and a half long session I'm sure there were many many more um, but you'll have to have a read um, a watch of it yourself so you can actually find out you know what you need to take away from it too and if you want to come into the free Facebook group to come and have a discussion about it, then please do, because um, there's lots of other people in there that are very like minded and all want to improve their relationship with money. And as I mentioned before, there is an opportunity to book a 15 minute strategy session with me so we can look at your next move to get you on the right path. And with that, I'm going to love you and leave you and I will see you in the next 10 minute takeaway. Take care. Bye bye. And that's it. That's 10 minutes done. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and you gained something from it. If you have any ideas for topics or you want to make any comments, then feel free to email me info at thefemalemoneydoctor.com. Or if you really want to, which would be awesome, come and find me in my free private Facebook group on Facebook so we can um, carry on the conversation. Um, Just when you're looking for the group, just type in the female money doctor and you should be able to find me. Any problems, let me know by email. Take care. Have a good day.